Saratoga Lights, Season 2, Episode 2, The Pistol Brothers. He lights a cigarette. The embers burn hot as the ash gets blown away by the light breeze, occasionally landing on his handlebar mustache. William Pistol leans against a brick wall in an alley, obscured from the street by a dumpster. He occasionally looks at potential marks and targets, but no one catches his eye. This town is shit, and its residents are well suited to live out the remainder of their days in such a place as this. He hears a commotion behind him, and footsteps scuffling the pavement as they approach. William just takes a drag from his cigarette, knowing that his brother Lucas is never one to display tact and poise when excited. You get him? Oh, yeah. Lucas pulls a pair of stockings out of his back pocket and hands a set to William. I said get ski masks. These are better. Better than what? Better than nothing. Lucas, the point of wearing a mask when committing a crime is twofold. Firstly, to intimidate your victim. Secondly, to obscure any identifying features so that when your victim is questioned by the authorities, their testimony will in no way make you a suspect. Lucas squeezes the stocking over his face, flattening his nose and slightly distorting his other features. Don't talk to me like I'm an idiot. This is neither intimidating nor obfuscating. Are you being funny? He strikes a menacing pose and mimes the robbery as he envisions it, crouching low and yelling, Give me all your money! Huh? The growl in his voice is offset by his childish use of fingers in the place of real guns. You, you look ridiculous. I'm sorry that I couldn't find the ski masks. Did you even go to more than one store? This is Texas, and it's summer. There ain't no skiing going on here. In fact, the only people that buy ski masks in the summer are thieves. So you're welcome. Excuse me? I rose no suspicion of our intent. No, just suspicion that you're a foppish dandy. William pulls another cigarette out of his shirt pocket and starts smoking. Today's a bust, and probably for the best. Who's our mark? No, I'm not doing it. I'm not running out there with only a sheer stocking to cover my face. That's a surefire way to get picked out of a lineup. Not if we're quick. Element of surprise. In and out. They won't have a clue what we look like because their knees will be knocking so hard. Lucas spots an older lady in a floral print dress, carrying a purse, shuffling along the sidewalk all by herself. And wouldn't you know it, she turned down a little path beside some buildings and out of view of other pedestrians. The perfect setting for a robbery. What about her? Mother Goose over there? Yeah. Did Mama drop you on your head one too many times? She ain't got no money. She's probably on her way back to her oversized shoe house. What are you, scared? Worry that Wolf Roy's gonna snatch you up and eat you? No, I'm not putting my neck on the line for a couple of lousy nickels. Wolf Roy, Wolf Roy, the demon troll. He'll steal your children and eat your soul. Children's stories have no bearing on the fact that this is a bad idea. Fine. I'll do myself. Lucas pulls the stocking down over his face 
and sprints across the street to catch up to the old lady. Excuse me, ma'am? The old lady turns around and sees Lucas. He pulls out his pistol and shoves it in her face. The M1911, an easy-to-use semi-automatic with a wooden grip. His brother has a matching one, courtesy of their mother. I'm gonna need to take your purse. She doesn't budge. What was he doing wrong? Hey, lady, give me the purse! Faster than Lucas thought possible, the old lady swings her purse at him. He steps back to avoid being struck, but loses his balance and falls to the ground. Oh! She begins to kick him in the abdomen, hard. She swings her purse again and hits Lucas in the head. She does it a couple more times for good measure. Lucas lets out little yelps, like a puppy that doesn't know how to run away when it's being attacked. Back across the street, William sees the scene unfolding. Lucas. He calls out to her. Hey, lady. The old lady sees the masked man approaching and reaches in her purse for something. As he approaches, William extends his arms with an incredulous look on his face. He gets about ten feet away when she pulls out a small revolver from her purse. The bullet clips William's left ear. He screams and grabs his head, staggering backwards. The old lady puts the revolver back in her purse and takes one more look at William and Lucas before calmly continuing with her daily routine. Lucas is left groaning on the ground, trying to catch his breath, while William is screaming obscenities and flailing around. These are the Pistol Brothers. William and Lucas are sitting at an old country bar, nursing their wounds and their egos. William has a bloody bandage taped to his ear and a shot of whiskey in his hand. I still think had we both approached at the same time, she wouldn't have got the drop on us. William puts his drink down and slowly turns his head to look at Lucas. Without a word, he tells Lucas that any other comments or criticisms he may have would not be welcome at this particular juncture, and then downs his shot. Can I get another? William holds up his glass and looks for someone to fulfill his request. Behind the bar, the barmaid grabs a bottle of whiskey and pours William another, something she's done a million times before. That kind of day, huh? Yeah. I haven't seen you guys in here before. Oh, we're just passing through. I'm, uh, I'm William. This is my brother, Lucas. Ma'am? William? Not Will? Not Bill? William? My mother named me William. She wanted me to go by another name, she would have named me, so. <laughs> How many times did we hear that growing up? She about gave me a whooping when I told everyone at school my name was Billy. Like Billy the Kid? Like Billy the Kid. A stranger pats Lucas's back as if they've been friends for a lifetime. Looks like you boys could use a drink. The Pistol Brothers turn to see the hulking figure of a man. He flashes a smile like that of a used car salesman and gestures over to the barmaid. 
Hey, uh, Sarah, two more for these guys. Sarah watches him ingratiate himself in the conversation. She watches a predator circling his prey. She watches a devil tempt his Judas. And her eyes convey to him all the anger and sass and revulsion that one soul can feel for another. Yet her mouth remains shut. She pours William another and passes a bottle to Lucas. Thank you, mister. Name's Molina. Bradford Molina. I'm William. Lucas. Bradford points back and forth between the brothers with a sly grin on his face. You're not from around here, are you? She's passing through. Looks all dried up. Damn recession. We got laid off a while back. So we set out like a couple of Okies, looking for work. Dust bowl all over again. Yes, sir. We've been hit, too. I've heard there's some work out near El Paso. But then you got all them damn Mexicans to compete with. Bradford raises his glass to him. Well, best of luck to y'all, and be careful on your travels. We're living in violent times. Yes, sir. I heard old Miss Christensen was mugged today. You wouldn't know anything about that, would you? We just got into town. Don't know, Miss Christensen. Yeah, I bet whoever did it was in for a surprise, though. Everyone in these parts knows Miss Christensen always carries. You can never be too careful. We always have our pistols on us. I heard she got a round off and clipped one of the fellas in the ear. Ouch. So keep your eye out. Witnesses say it was a couple scrawny-looking guys, one of them with a wispy little mustache. He leans over Lucas and playfully touches William's bandaged ear. William jerks his head away and turns to face Bradford straight on. Bradford pulls back with a grin on his face the size of Texas. Looks like you got walled up pretty good. Yeah. Someone said some unkind things about our mother last night. So you got that. What's the other guy look like? Last I saw, he was face down in a gutter with brains leaking out his ears. Violent times. He commiserates with William and shakes his head in disgust before finishing off the last of his drink and placing it on the bar. Thanks for the drink. Anytime, fellas. Best of luck to you. Bradford throws down some money, gives Lucas one last friendly pat on the back, and exits the bar. Lucas watches the door close before turning back to William in a panic. Who else do you think knows? Couldn't say. Let's set out. There's plenty of towns for a couple of small-time crooks to make an honest living. Alright. Go get a car and some travel money. Ain't you coming with me? They'll be looking for two guys. One with a mustache. William points to his mustache, annoyed to be explaining the finer points of the obvious pickle in which they find themselves. I'll lay low tonight. We'll meet back here tomorrow. You got it. Don't do anything stupid, Lucas. Find a place with no customers. In and out. What if they give me a lift? Don't use your gun. If it turns violent, the whole state will be looking for us. We need to stay under the radar. Lucas has a look of confusion on his face. Under the radar means no killing. And, like a light bulb above his head, confusion turns into comprehension. You got it. Lucas is on alert. He stands and checks the corners, making sure no one suspicious is lurking. 
Dan dutifully leaves the bar with the instructions of his older brother. William watches him go, then returns to his thoughts. They might be broke, but they ain't been caught yet. That's one of the few comforts he allows himself. Billy the kid, huh? <laughs> uh, no, really, just trying to get by. She picks up Bradford's glass and starts wiping down the bar, trying to act disinterested, trying to protect herself, and trying to suppress the urge to help this poor soul. Above all, trying to sever the idea that helping him would be a redemption of sorts. As her cleaning takes her closer to William, she offers him a warning, making sure not to reveal too much of her own self. It's not my business, but I'd be wary of Bradford buying you any more drinks. He's got a reputation around here. Oh yeah, what's that? He's ruthless, and he seems to act with impunity. Well, don't worry. I can be around long enough for another drink. They stare at one another for what seems like ages. Her strength and resilience radiating out to William. His tenderness and protectiveness radiating right back to her. And for the first time in who knows how long, Sarah smiles. How about one more? She grabs a bottle and pours him a drink. On me. This was in Texas. Saratoga Lights is written and directed by Randall LaRue. Audio recording and engineering by Matthew David Rudd. Music by Randy Reynolds. This episode features the voice talents of Brian Villalobos, Freddie Hines, Joanna Bartlett, Matt Fitzgerald, and Matthew David Rudd. Until next time. may not know me, and you most certainly do not care, but I am Ralph Callahan, and you are listening to KTX 93.9, bringing you music to make your daddy dance. That's not easy to do these days, with all the troubles and violence going around. It's scary, but I believe we will get through it together. I do. I've seen the future, folks, and it's not flying cars or meal replacements, or robot butlers. No, it's us, you and me, searching for clarity in an increasingly unclarity-bound world. And when that time comes, where neighbor will depend on neighbor, aren't you glad you know me now? Ralph Callahan, at your service. Here's a new one from Grizzle Gregory called Drink All Day. Way ahead of you, Grizz. Just for you on KTX. Mama, she loved me so. Daddy was proud, I know. But my sister was the apple of their eye. Teacher, she said I'd fail. Preacher said I'd go to hell. But me, I'm just trying to get by. Cause I got bills. 
bills to pay was done with me, the second one just hated me, the third one, well, she ain't the charm, all of them take their share, leaving my pantry bare, cross another tattoo off my arm, cause I got bills to pay, and all I want to do is drink all day. Baby's now a teen, daughter won't talk to me, both of them are doing just fine. Don't ask me anymore about number three or number four, and the AG, he'll just have to get in line. Cause I got bills to pay.